Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You're listening to Geek This, the pop culture podcast with minimal nerd rage. Hey there, welcome to Geek This. My name is Dave Clements, and on this podcast, every week I discuss something in geek pop culture, whether it's a movie, comic book, a TV show, or something else I'm geeking out about. This week is Halloween, not the movie, talked about that last week, it's the holiday, so I wanted to end with a movie that scared me so much as a kid that it took me until I was 31 this year to actually watch it, Child's Play. Before we get started though, be sure you subscribe to the show by heading over to geekthispodcast.com and choosing the app or platform that you use to listen to podcasts, and if you need any help, leave a comment and uh, I can help you out. Child's Play is a 1988 slasher film directed and co-written by Tom Holland, not Spider-Man, by the way, and created by Don Mancini. This movie spawned an entire series that had seven feature films that varied in all kinds of degrees of quality from what I'm told, because I've only watched two of the franchise films, this movie and cult of Chucky, which is from what I understand the newest film in this original film, a serial killer by the name of Charles Lee Ray runs from the cops after a robbery, and in order to keep from being caught, he uses this voodoo ritual to transfer his soul into a doll that ends up being given to a little boy named Andy by his mom, who I think is a terrible mother. Anyway, uh, shortly thereafter, Chucky decides to terrorize Andy and his mom and anybody else that decides to stand in his way. As a kid, I was terrified on multiple levels by this movie and by Chucky, which I will get to uh, toward the end of the episode. So it took a lot of psyching myself up in order to watch this movie. Uh, And it was, I don't know, like I had seen it on all the streaming platforms that it was on. And I remember seeing it in the um, video store when I was a kid and just growing up and I never had the nerve, even as an adult to pick it up, rent it and just sit down and watch it. Luckily I did it. And I've got to say, I'm pretty happy that I did because I overcame my fear of this movie and kind of laughed at myself in the process of watching it and going, that's what I was scared of. Now, mind you sitting in a room by myself, recording a podcast about it still get a little sweaty little heebie-jeebies stuff like that going on (laughs) so let's talk about the movie itself um child's play is not 
what I would call a great movie. Um, it is a classic for a reason. And I think it's just because uh, the idea of this doll coming to life lingers with you. It's definitely a low budget B movie, but it's fun. And um, I think it knows it. I think that Don Mancini, when he created it, um, I think he's a disturbed individual, but he and Tom Holland really understood what kind of film they were making and it shows in the movie and the, the budget's actually pretty low, $9 million, which is, um, if I'm doing the math right, 30 times more than, uh, John Carpenter was given in 1978 for Halloween. But I assume most of that was spent on animatronics for Chucky and the special effects because, uh, getting acting back was not plot, great though. Um, I don't know that so, there was so. a lot of great acting and movies. it's pretty straightforward. Exactly what I said at the top of the episode, uh, but I could be overthinking it. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's not well-written, but it is a little cheesy. In some ways it stands up in some ways it doesn't, but, um, I think sometimes I am, I wouldn't say accused of, but I'm, I'm just going to use that phrase. I'm accused of not fully understanding the plot of a movie, just kind of eating my popcorn, watching it. But, um, I get that Charles Lee Ray wanted to live forever and not get caught by the police. So the voodoo spell makes sense. There's not really a lot of background for it. But the thing that I couldn't figure out while watching the movie after thinking about it is why he went after Andy and all of these people around him. Uh, but I guess maybe it's because I don't understand the mind of a serial killer. Another part that made me scratch my head was how they dealt with Andy through the movie. So I get that you'd question a child and their truthfulness. If somehow their babysitter fell out a window, landed on a car. Um, but as a parent myself, would you actually think that your child did it? And this kind of questioning goes on the whole time, like throughout the movie and, you know, leads to toward the end of the movie where Chucky's trying to follow Andy out and, you know, kill him and everything else. And they take him to a psychiatrist and all this other stuff. But I'm just like the whole time I'm thinking who is actually going to believe that a killer doll is running around Chicago. But at the same time, who's going to think that this kid is the one killing these people that, or, you know, attacking people that the kid is crazy or delusional. Like that's a, kind of a plot hole where you kind of have to just go, all right, I'm just going to watch the movie. I think another thing is when we meet Andy for the first time, his mom is nowhere to be seen. And he almost burns down this apartment while making her breakfast in bed, which I, I guess, you know, maybe he is a sweetheart, but Karen, the mom, she's not a great mom throughout this entire movie. I mean, at one point, he takes a train downtown, downtown Chicago, because Chucky tells him to. But of course, you know, Karen doesn't know anything about what her six-year-old is doing. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this is 
why it is so tough to be a single mother because, you know, your kids' toys might be telling them what to do and maybe they're following them. I don't know. I guess I don't want to make light of single mothers. That's rude of me. But this lady is a terrible parent. So terrible. But even with all of these things, I found myself chuckling a little bit how absurd it was that my fear of this movie had lasted for so long. Um, my first exposure to Chucky and Child's Play, uh, it had to have been when I was around five or six. I was at a babysitter's house and she was watching it on TV or something. And uh, most kids might have a bad dream, have a nightmare maybe, and move on from the whole thing. But I, unfortunately, I had two things in my life happen that made my brief encounter with Chucky and Child's Play worse as I grew up. And first of all, I suffered from night terrors. Um, they're also called sleep terrors. And um, I guess the best way to explain this is if you combine sleepwalking and nightmares together, you kind of get an idea for what this would be like. You know, you're walking around kind of asleep, but you're also having a nightmare at the same time. And um, if you want more scientific explanations and things like that, I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, just if you want to learn more. It's it's interesting. But the ironic thing about this, though, was that somewhere along the line, uh, I assume before I actually saw any of the movie, my younger brother and I were gifted my buddy dolls as Chris as Christmas gifts from our mom. And my brother was blonde, so of course he got the blonde one with the blue and yellow striped shirt. He was a little cuter. I, on the other hand, have brown hair and got the one that Chucky was modeled after. Lucky me. So, what I'm going to tell you is my night terror that 25 years later, I still remember. And actually, it was probably four or five. So, yeah, I mean, over 25 years later, I still remember it exactly how I'm going to tell you. So, um, yeah. So, one night while I'm sleeping... I woke up and I looked over the edge of my bunk bed to see my buddy sitting underneath my window right where I put him and I rolled over and went back to sleep. Then I woke up again a little bit later and looked at him again and realized he was not under my window anymore. So like any good character in a horror film, I decided to investigate and I climbed down the ladder to my bedroom floor to look for my buddy. And to my surprise, he was standing there waiting for me. And he walked slowly toward me and I turned to open the door so I could get my dad, but the doorknob wouldn't open. 
And I turned around to Buddy getting closer, and since the door wouldn't work, I decided to defend myself with a pile of Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars or whatever I had left piled in the middle of the floor. And I just start picking up these cars and one by one, just like throwing them right at his plastic head. And then all they did was like bounce off like bullets hitting the Terminator. And not once did this killer doll slow down. And I screamed and I'm banging on the door, trying to get the door open. And finally, again, like a horror movie. And I, this, I, this is how I remember this. This is not you know, years of development and rewriting and crafting the story. This is what I remember, but that door opened and I ran out to the living room and I'm screaming, Chucky's after me. He's going to kill me. And I leap up onto the couch where my dad and my now stepmom are sitting and they're watching a TV show and they're all panicked and it takes them quite a while to console me. And Um, You know, I had had multiple night terrors after this, and that just, that's kind of one of those things, like, they're trying to wake me up without, you know, doing any damage, because, you know, do you wake up a sleepwalking child, and this was not just sleepwalking, this was, you know, I'm having a nightmare while sleepwalking, and finally, they calm me down, and as I calm down, I hear footsteps, shuffling down the hallway and I look down the hallway and it's not my buddy but it is my little brother so that is the horror that sparked this fear of dolls in general for me especially you know, my buddy, I, for a long time, I used to get like cold sweats when somebody would play the, my buddy commercial, like the theme song. Sometimes people sing it to me when, um, when this topic gets brought up and things like that. And it's funny now. And I, I, I just, I chuckle at myself. I've seen the movie now. I get it. Um, but part of me actually wants to go through and watch the rest of these movies and see, um, you know, what, how do I feel about the rest of them? Like I said, I've watched Cult of Chucky. I think I said that. Um, I watched Cult of Chucky and um, it was just as cheesy, just with a better budget. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where else this franchise went to. I heard they're going to reboot everything, start all over. And part of me just wants to say, no, don't do it. There's, you know, something magical about this original one. Uh, No pun intended, voodoo and all. There's just, there's something, there's something about this movie that I'm worried if they redo it, they're going to make it gorier and, um, I don't know, things change, you know, like they, people that want to remake movies, they want to intensify the experience. And I'm okay if they don't really touch this movie at all. So that, that wraps it up. 
That is this episode of Geekness, and I hope you enjoyed my brief thoughts on Child's Play as well as my Night Terror story. I've been telling that to friends for years and figured, you know what, I'll tell that to you now, considering it's Halloween. And I hope you've also enjoyed all of the episodes from this month. They've been uh, fun to put together. It's been interesting to dive into the world of horror films and watching some that I never would have thought I would have watched. Uh, I watched Hellraiser and had no, I had nothing to say about that movie. It was disgusting and horrible. And I don't know why anybody calls it a classic. Somebody changed my mind. Probably not going to happen, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the last few weeks of content of episodes. And, uh, thank you for those of you who have submitted feedback, I know Ben Avery sent me a couple emails. Um, it's been really encouraging. I'm in the process of getting the podcast. I'm still working on it. It is always a, a work in progress, but I'm hoping to make it a better show as time goes on. And I would love to get your feedback for that. Um, really, you can go over to geekthispodcast.com for more episodes, show notes, links to subscribe and just to give me your thoughts on the show and some things you'd like to see. So that is it. I am going to call it a night or a day, depending on when you're listening to this. But until next week, keep on geeking out. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.